What's good, everybody? Welcome to episode 19 of the Art Meets Culture podcast. I am your host, Ade Sanusi. Um, yes, we are almost at 20 episodes. I'm so excited. Um, you know, our 20th will be a good one. Uh, thank you so much for supporting the podcast and the platform. Um, your support has been phenomenal as always. I'm always going to be thanking you uh, each episode um, because, you know, it's something, you know, special to the communities um, special to me. Do you know what I mean? I just, you know, decided just to kind of just crack on. I just put myself to work, um, you know, get the podcast done, interview some dope artists, um, you know, who's never been on the platform before. You know, I've revisited, revisited a, a few artists who I was just interested in to see where their story was at. Um, but yeah, it's been phenomenal. Um, the growth has been amazing. And, um, you know, I'm excited um, for what's to come, you know, after this lockdown, um, you know, because hopefully we'll be out soon, you know, I mean, because I've got many things that I want to explore, uh, many ideas that I want to tackle to help expand the platform and build. Um, but yeah, um, you're going to see a lot of dope stuff going on. So um, what can I update you guys with currently? Um, we're going to be opening a store. Um, the Army's Culture Store will be opening very soon. Um, I'm just working in the back with a few things, just trying to negotiate a few um, things with um, some manufacturers and stuff like that. I won't tell you what we're selling. It'll always be, um, you know, random, um, but cool stuff, cool stuff that can be in the home and everything like that. But I don't want to say too much. But yeah, I'm going to do uh, a sign up very soon. I'm going to announce it or once um, we're ready to go. I'll announce a sign up for everybody who signs up to our, our list, who is interested in purchasing, you know, great products from us. Um, you will be able to get that um, directly um, through our mailing list and through the store. But, you know, we'll, we'll prioritize with people on the mailing list first um, before the store. So if you get to the store first, uh, if you get to the mailing list first and, you know, you get the emails and everything like that, it will be updated when we'll do drops and everything like that. So it's going to feel, it's going to feel great. Um, we don't want to say, I don't want to say too much personally, um, but yeah, um, be on the lookout for that mailing list. As for shows, we are in a, in the beautiful works um, about doing one, um, uh, I don't want to say soon, uh, but we're just in, in talks because um, I don't want to give a timeline or anything, but we're going to be doing a special one. So um, any artists who are interested in doing a show, please DM me. Um, once you've heard this, DM me, DM me, um, you know, directly with your work and stuff like that. But also I'll be, um, doing a call out as well at the same time. So look out for that. But, you know, if you want to, you know, get in early, let's have a conversation. Let's see what you want to, um, promote and push. I'm sorry about that beeping noise. I'm always in the window doing something. So someone's always working. We are all working, but, um, Wow, that's very loud, <laughs> but it should be passing very shortly. Um, but yeah, without further ado, I'm going to talk about my guest, Tori. Um, Tori, uh, she is a phenomenal uh, creative. Actually, she did say she figured out what she was, and it's um, maybe what everybody who's listening is. Um, it the correct term, which she says uh, she is a multi-potentialite. Um, that word kind of just threw me a little bit because I didn't know what it was. It was something new. Um, but uh, a multi-potentialite is someone with many 
interests and creative pursuits um it's by uh, no it's not by um there was a there is a ted talk by a lady called um emily wapnick um she goes in depth about each um superpower that the creative has you know what i mean she talks about you know um uh idea synthesis which is one um that you know i usually have idea synthesis you know is where you know ideas meet at the intersection and the intersection is oh i have um you know like let's, let's put let's talk about like colors so you have one um a white paint and a black paint and in, if you mix them in between you're going to get that gray area so you get gray um but yeah ideas come with collaborations you know and, and i think that sparked my mind because it's like oh i've got art and i love music i'm gonna put them together that's how create art meets music and you know and so on and so on and so on um they also break down you know my, my e I always keep forgetting multi-potentialite um, individuals, you know, they're good at rapid learning, um, you know, learning new things, absorbing new um, ideas, you know, also, and they're adaptable as well, adaptability, you know, we got to wear many hats, be adaptable to any situation, so sometimes you have to be the social media guy, the branding guy, the events guy, the video guy, the podcast guy, everything. You gotta be everything. Do you know what I mean? And I think you know, in this day and age, it's 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 shied upon because everyone's like, oh, you just gotta be a specialist at something. Specialist, at, like, nah, the world's the world's too the world's too screwed up to have one person do you know specific things. You know, what I mean, obviously, um, the the word uh, the well the saying jack of all trades, master of none. You know, it's kind of put like. Uh, an insult to it but it's like we can be multi <laughs> i was gonna say multi-faceted but you know it's multi-potential like we can all be multi-potentialites um we are multi-potentialites and we can execute anything and everything like that so salute to you know tori for bringing that up but uh, myself and tori you know we work together on you know a brand called Ishkachor, so we go in depth about that um, which was a clothing line but also helping support designers as well so we we looked at uh you know designers like herself um another artist called Antonio gordon um richard rxd uncool kids um the moon runners we were working on a line with them so even i was working on a line um which I've, I've still got the dope name and I've got the designs with it so that you might see some cool stuff coming out of that so I might launch that stuff um, through this brand but we we were looking well we were a brand that was helping designers with our our, our platform you know from jackets to t-shirts to sweaters to hoodies um, to accessories so we were really going in um, with that you know so shout out to Reg um, who gave us the the basis to do that um then you know she came on board and you know started becoming a, or she became and still is you know um the event photographer for um art meets culture she's captured some phenomenal I- images over the years and um you know she's c- c- captured the best images um thus far in terms of moments um you know the dope artists who've been on there you know showcasing you know people's first shows and everything like that um documenting rather um but yeah you can check that all on our facebook um, art meets culture um all the images are there um, i might post a few um might create like something like a cool collage um for that you know but 
yeah she's she's created some dope stuff you know and you know she's she's now you know pushed herself creatively because she's gone from you know art doing the art herself uh photography um what else customization entrepreneur and she runs a an instagram page called her cuts uk i said it right her cuts uk um so check it out but i don't want to go too much into it because i know I'm, i think i'm rambling on i'm about to just expose the whole entire podcast but this podcast is you know it's a good one it's a long one um and it does require a part two because we only probably spoke about only 50 percent of what's been going on in in um, her life um she also runs a youtube channel um you know does talks talks about you know um, her being homeless and everything like that you know and it's it's amazing but yeah check her out you know check out tori you know she's definitely someone who invests in herself and you know puts her money where her art is um so please like share subscribe I got a phenomenal fan base on uh, SoundCloud and I salute every single one of you who are listening around the world. Um, I'm going to definitely start doing shout outs to countries soon. I'm going to just point out, you know, the top countries who are listening. But I see you all and I thank you so much from your Americas, your US, um, for, you know, for people in Nige, Ghana, Sweden, um, France, Spain. I don't even know how you understand me in these countries, but phenomenally, like, I thank you. Do you know what I mean? If you know you speak English and understand it, I salute you, you know, for taking the time to feel inspired, to feel um, what we're doing, because you know that, you know, we're out here to motivate and push and push this culture the right way, in a dope way. Nothing corny, but just dope. Like, you know what it is, you know what I mean? If anybody knows me, you know I, I... I, I I like to push dopeness at a high level, high quality. Um, none of that Ridley Road Market style promotion or or or, or selling. We want to do at high end quality because you know us as artists, us as creators, you know we're, we're royalty out here. Do you know what I mean? So I want that energy pushed on every level. You know, quality. You know, quality. Um, so yeah, thank you all. Um, Spotify listenership, like I see you all, amazing. You know what I mean. So anybody, even I don't think people use iTunes no more, which is crazy. Um, um, iTunes podcast, but you know, because a lot of people are listening on Spotify. So anybody who's on Spotify, salute to you. Your name, heavy. So Spotify, SoundCloud, and anybody who's now newly going to go on the iTunes and download and you know support the thing, um, salute to you also. Um, but yeah, um, you know I'm at a Sanusi. This is Art Meets Culture podcast. Um, you know, put your money where your art is. You know the vibes. Let's go. Welcome, Tori. Hey, what's going on? How are you? I'm good, man. I've had a good day. I know we're gonna do our professional ones. <laughs> we're gonna treat this as a normal conversation as possible. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, but thank you for coming on the podcast. Um, no problem. I wanted to get you on, um, basically on the side of photography because I do consider that an art form mm-hmm. that people may not look at. Oh, it's not really art. It's just people taking pictures and stuff like that. But it's a skill um, 
you do color palettes you have presets you do tones you do everything mm. um and you're someone who has worked with the platform for years mm. so introduce yourself <laughs> what <laughs> okay so yes. my name is Tori. um just rebranded um about um, six months ago maybe mm. um actually almost a year ago now um to Tory lens Mm-hmm. previously known as kbd um i'm a photographer known as a photographer but also known for other creative elements as well so yeah fashion uh, editing video editing painting every all this creative stuff graffiti you know all that kind of stuff so um mm-hmm. yeah but i guess in this sense i'm known as a photographer and um yeah all-round creative genius i found out a couple of days ago that i'm a multi-potentialite so that was really huh? interesting. Yeah, man, it's a real thing, man. Google it, Google it. <laughs> so what, I mean, first off, let's not limit this to just photography. Yeah. You're more than that, do you know what I mean? Mm. I probably highlighted photography, um, but you've been developing so much over the years since I've known you, you know, mm. from customization to running brands to mm. now running a massive social platform, you know, which I'm not too sure if you want to speak about, but yeah. And, you know, just evolving from that. So you're, you're definitely, what is the word? I was going to say multifaceted, but multi-potentialite. But now you're a multi-potentialite. <laughs> what is a multi-potentialite? Is it something uh, about potential or? It's, 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 let me get the actual Google definition. Cause it, it, it will say, it will say it a lot quicker than I will say it. Cause I'll go Ooh. all around the world. Um, okay. But, but yeah, I basically, I've always been a multi-potentialite. I just didn't know that it was, there was a, that's what it was called. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know that. So, so a multi-potentialite is a person who has many different interests and creative pursuits in life. Mm-hmm. Multi-potentialites have no one true calling the way specialists do. Being a multi-potentialite is our destiny. We have destiny. We have many paths and we pursue all of them, either sequentially or simultaneously or both. So how did you figure out you uh, that? <laughs> um, I was having a conversation with Dion, Dion Reed. Shout uh, out to Dion. Yeah, and Dion. And um, she, we were, can't remember what we were talking about, but she was just doing her pack. She's just done a pack um, for people like during this quarantine time mm-hmm. um, to kind of like help people that are, not even if you're struggling, just everyone really has got a pack of like mental health, physical, like all these things that you can do. Um, and we were talking about it going back and forth. and um, before we left the conversation, she said, oh, oh, I had a conversation with Ruben. Shout out to Ruben as well. Ruben, another mm. great creative. Um, and he was saying that he figured out that he was a multi-potentialite and he knew that Dion was one too. Mm-hmm. So when Dion spoke to me, she was like, oh my God, this is what Tori is as well. Like, so, mm. so when she spoke to me, she told me, and now I'm just, I've been looking into it and I'm like, yeah, this is literally like my life. Like, mm-hmm. um, I think it's kind of difficult for people that have like uh, various um, creative avenues, if you like, I wouldn't say necessarily like all these passions. I would say like things that you really delve into, like really like delve into, mm-hmm. um, because the world kind of tells you that you should be one thing and you should yep. only be, you should only do one thing, which I understand because I understand the discipline in that. Like I I get it, but for me it was always a struggle like from when I was young always always a struggle and I just got to the point where I was like okay well I'm different it's fine I know that me and Dion are the same so it's fine kind of thing I I stopped trying to like be that because 
when I tried to do one thing, I just felt like I was killing my soul, man. After a while, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I, I, I feel like I'm dying inside. I need to do something else kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, when, when I looked into it, there's also um, a woman, uh, I can't remember her name right now, but she's got, um, when you Google it, her um, TED Talk comes up. Mm. And um, yeah, it's literally everything she was saying. I was just like, "Yep, this is me. Yep, 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 yep. Absolutely everything." Can I always say I, I feel like I have superpowers? Like I can do all these things. And literally in her TED talk, she talks about superpowers. I was like, "Yep, this is literally yeah. me." Like so, yes, yeah, it's, it's. I think it's good. There, I, I think there are downsides in the fact that people don't understand it. So you may see me as flaky, which I struggled with a lot. I think mm. I still struggle with a little bit now. Um, in terms of what they think, or yeah because i think what they think because i think if people um deem you as flaky they may not deem you as professional um Mm -hmm. and i think i don't really mind or not i don't really care if you think i'm flaky on a on a a day-to-day like whatever but i think if you're like a professional business professional or a brand or someone and i may come across flaky i think that doesn't necessarily come that doesn't necessarily go in my favor Mm. um so i struggled with that a little bit um and i think i'm at the point now i only discovered a couple of days ago right so i'm at the point now where i'm trying to or figuring out how to relay that to brands and people and even just in my professional world as a positive because mm. it is a positive like having delved into different areas of life like as you know like or as people may not know i started out as um i started out drawing funny enough painting and then I went into uh, dance and choreography. Um, mm. I did that for a while. And I had a dance company. I had a dance group, all that kind of stuff. Won awards, blah, 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 all that stuff. And then I moved into... Hey, we hey. don't we can't blast through all that whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I draw, yeah. I used to dance. I yes. To... <laughs> <laughs> but it's like all these things, like even mm. going from like the, da- the choreography world into yeah. the skating world and then bringing my dance skills into the skating world. And that's been a thing. Do you know what I mean? Like having like, not I wouldn't say one up but like having like that kind of those skills transfer over and then being like oh I want to customize I want to paint stuff and then starting up painting on like shoes and then painting on roller skates and then do you know what I mean like it all kind of moved over and then from obviously doing that um choreographing and dance all that kind of stuff I moved in into photography because I had I started making clothes um and literally making clothes from scratch and mm. no one could shoot them the way i wanted to so then i decided i want to do photography i'm going to learn how to do this and i think i could do it great so then i learned that and then that moved on to um going and doing um shows and stuff which actually fun enough you edit and they gave me my first you know sorry, shot at show shout out to you what i love about Corey, um, i'm gonna slow you down okay she is blasting through her whole entire <laughs> story <laughs> so quick and i'm like Let's 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 talk about the details bits. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. we're running, we're literally now. You're at the point of Army's music. I'm like, no, no, they need to hear go back, go back. your creativity. <laughs> for, you know, from you were doing mm. um, the shoes and all that customization, mm. and you were known by, uh, well, known as I was known as KBD at that point. Yes, which were which meant. Oh, that meant notorious bespoke designs. Notorious so tell us about as in the God. whole KBD um, move. Because I know, I know you're blasting through the story. <laughs> like, this is me. This, I'm giving you everything. Do you know what I mean? And it's, yeah. it's a testament to you know your personality and you know what you've achieved. Because it's been such a long journey. 
has. And I'm even listening. I'm thinking, Tori's got to say these stories, man. We we got to hear them. <laughs> we got we got to listen to them, and you know, hear how she's developed and grown. You know. I appreciate that, man. Um. Uh, okay, so uh, I, like I said, I've always known I was, I was a creative. So I think for me, I think the best way for me to describe it for someone who wouldn't necessarily understand if they're not like me mm. is to say that when I started one thing, whatever that one thing was, uh, because I was curious about loads of things, it developed mm. and I think it developed naturally. So for example, if we're going back to when I was drawing in like yeah. primary school, um, that was kind of like, oh yeah, it's great. You can draw kind of thing. Obviously being from Nigerian parents, it wasn't seen as something fantastic, but it was just like, you know, you're kind of just drawing, right? And then um, when I went to secondary school and I started, I wanted to learn how to sew, uh, which I failed by the way, just so people know. <laughs> I'm really? sewing now and I'm good at it, but I failed. So don't let those kind of things stop you. Um, but yeah, so from going from that point and then having to draw, having been made to draw my clothes before I, created them which I hated doing mm. um was kind of where I guess my drawing skills kind of developed more and then I would want to like do it great right so then I'd have like these cool titles and then that's when I started learning it or looking into graffiti so I started doing graffiti titles and it was kind of didn't really make sense of the things I was kind of creating mm. um but yeah I just kind of went in that and as I said it developed so you I started off with you know drawing my dad's stereo in the living room to then drawing clothes on, you know, models on like a piece of paper to then creating these great titles, you know, in, in school when you had the people that did like tech, not textiles, but they had like DT and they had those yeah. see-through folders. Yeah. Yeah. And you'd be like, Oh, I want to customize it. Cause again, what do you want to do? You want to be original. Right. Exactly. And I started graphing my name on it and then everyone's like, Oh, do you want, do you want? And then that grew into something. Hmm. And then um, you kind of just leave. I kind of just did it and then it kind of lived and it was kind of like there, but then, when you know let's say fast forward now to like college and being in college and i think that's when i really started um that's when kbd was born in college um my, my upbringing wasn't necessarily traditional so the college i ended up going to was because um i ended up in care with my with my grandmother so i had to change the college that i wanted to go. i didn't have to i ended up changing the college i went to and I ended up changing what i was going to study as well so yeah. i ended up studying uh, performing arts advanced performing arts and um yeah because i guess i wasn't in my home environment i was pretty much free to do what i wanted my grandmother was just like make sure you come home make sure you know what i mean like just basic things so i was literally free to literally be myself so um and also being in performing arts is super creative and it's super expressive it's super like you do what you'd like we're running around in the common room singing and doing all sorts of stuff so it allowed my creative mind to kind of like really flourish if you like no. so i as well as doing like uh performing arts and singing and dancing and choreography which i absolutely love i also started doing more graffiti stuff but then Whereas I told you I was doing graffiti on the folders in, in school, mm. in college, it turned to doing graffiti on a jacket. Like, cause I was like, I want to be original. Like I'm going to, to college and all the girls have the same jacket as me. We've all bought the same jacket. We've all, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like fashion became, was so like one sided at that point where everyone shopped in the same shops and bought the same trainers and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, nah, man, like I want to stand out. So 
I would start painting on my jacket and then I started sewing like my name in bubble writing on my jacket. And people were like, oh my, I want that. What I want one for me. And that's at the point when I was like, no, I can't give you the same thing I've got because it's original. I can give you something that you want though. That will be original to you. So when Mm -hmm. I do it, no one else will have what you have kind of thing. And then that's kind of where like KBD kind of developed. Um, At the time it was called ND. (laughs) That's the first time I'm hearing about that. Really? (laughs) It was called... It was called Notorious Designs, as in Notorious, as in N, as in mm. Notorious, the way for Notorious, and then Designs. Mm. Um, and the reason why I picked Notorious is because everyone in school used to be like, no, no, Notorious. <laughs> like, everyone used to sing that to me in college, like, all the time. So I was like, yeah, so I'm going to call it Notorious Designs. I design, I do, like, all sorts of stuff. So that's where it started. Mm. And then um, I had a conversation with my dad, and he was like, oh, Notorious isn't a good thing, you know. It's supposed to be <laughs> known as Notorious. <laughs> You know, it's not good to do that. You know, I was like, okay, mm. I'll change it to K N O W, as in get to know Tory, yeah. notorious. Um, and then another person, like an adult that I was kind of like in my life at the time, kind of said that, oh, what you do is bespoke, and I was like, what the heck is that? <laughs> like, mm. what's bespoke? And he's like, like custom, and I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah so then obviously, said again. Yeah, I said, yep, yep, that's me. Yeah, yep. So um, that's that's kind of how KBD was born. It ended up being Notorious Bespoke Designs, as in Notorious, K-N-O-W, Torious. And then, yeah, KBD for short. And um, yeah, that's literally how KBD was born. But I never limited myself to doing one thing. KBD was always like custom, like anything that was custom that I was doing fell under that umbrella. So even yeah. if it was like I was doing a graphic and obviously at that point I um, started learning about Photoshop and stuff like that. So yeah, I kind of just, anything that interested me that I was like, Oh, I really want to create, I don't know, a poster for my designs. Like, you know, like on MySpace when you had like, yeah, or the HTML. Like, right. And I was like, I don't get that computer stuff long. I just want to make something and just put it in there. Mm. And then that's when kind of like Photoshop kind of came into my life. And my friend kind of taught me the basics of Photoshop. And I was like, cool, got the basics. Thank you. Love you. Like, I'm going to go off and do my own thing now. So, um, yeah, it just, it literally, it literally developed organically. I feel like it did. Like every step I wanted to make and the more I wanted to be better at what I was doing, present myself in a way that was like conducive, conducive to me. I kind of just made the next step to the next creative thing. Do you know what I mean? And it kind of just, went on like that and yeah and then I, I started obviously not obviously but um I stopped doing jackets and stuff because it got super long everyone just the, the orders got too much so I was like no I'm not doing kind of jackets like that and then I started customizing my trainers but it wasn't I wasn't painting words I was just changing colors of certain things so I remember this is when Harachis were like the ting and we had like the gray and red ones that everybody had and I was yeah. like no everyone's got these so i changed a section of the gray to like blue i literally bought fabric paint i'd never bought it before used it before i just bought it and i was like let me try if it works see if it works and i changed a section of it like a navy blue and it looks sick (laughs) and i was like walking around capital some guy was like oh yeah like i got those and i was like no you don't (laughs) you know those guys he's like why are you breading it for right them guys are just like oh yeah they're hard i got those i was like do you these he's like yeah he's like, i was like no you don't he's like no i do i do i was like no you don't like no one's got these he's like what do you mean i was like i made these he's like what for real no 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 i was like yeah and then that's kind of got i got a little bit of naming in my area i was like custom like if people saw me they'd be like yeah she made that like she made that kind of thing yeah. and then i went on to like doing words like graffiti and like actually actual words on trainers when i 
hooked up with a friend in college um and he was um good at doing graffiti graffiti and stuff yeah. so he taught me some like wording like some lettering again i was intrigued so i just sat with him for hours watching paint shoes and i was like oh my god i want to do this so then i went from like color blocking to uh graffiti and like names and stuff and then because i started skating i wanted to do my own skate so then that became a thing and i just transferred what i knew from painting um trainers painting skates but then skates are plastics so it was like oh yeah. there's a whole nother whole nother avenue of like figuring that out so, and i figured that out like i ruined my skates like i literally ruined my skates like trying to figure it out and um discovering acetone which is like amazing like wiping down my skates like every two months and just changing the design people are like oh my god you got bare skates i'm like no nah, no nah, i've only got one pair <laughs> yeah like just changing up and then um yeah just like I guess learning the basics of things that I wanted to learn that were interesting to me and then just doing them my own way and mm. finding things my own way. And um, yeah, and then at that point I started um, making clothes. So it only made sense to me to customize the sock that you get in trainers. It's kind of like mm. material. So it only made sense that obviously I might as well customize this as well because I sew. So I started doing that as well. I remembered what I learned in school, the basics of, of a sewing machine in school. And I just kind of just went with it. And um yeah, my sister bought me a sewing machine for Christmas. I had one, an old one. She bought me a new one. And I was like, thank you. And I kind of just went like um, ham with it and just started sewing everything, customizing everything that was material, hence my skates. And I kind of did that. And yeah, like I said, it just felt, it, it, when I'm thinking about it now, because I, I haven't really said it back in a long time, yeah. but it's really like, and I guess knowing what I am or what kind of, not box, but kind of like where I fit in the world, yeah. it's made me realise that actually everything has like been, it seems like, it seems like looking on the outside, looking in that it's all weird. Like how did you go from like painting to now customising to graffiti, to creating mm. walls? Because I did like a couple walls, you know, like a couple walls in my house, a couple walls, people I know, like from that to then skating, to then photography, like people are like, what, there's no link, but there definitely is a link. They're all like little, tiny, small, minute things that I was yeah. interested in that led from one thing to the other, like naturally led from one thing to the other. So it seemingly can, can seem like, oh, she's super flaky or they're just jumping from one thing to the other when actually there is a link. Sometimes there isn't. Sometimes it's just like, you see something, you're like, oh, that's dope. I want to try that just yeah. for the sake of it. But I think for them, for my, for my the years that developed me, I would say up until twenty two, they definitely were like links from like the start, the very start to like when I was twenty two, twenty three. There was definitely like links in it, and a lot of the links were like out of frustration, yeah. like wanting to photograph something and being like, oh, no one gets it. They don't. They don't understand <laughs> what I'm saying. And mm. then having to do it myself and then figure it out and then figuring things out along the way and being like, right, I can do this. Oh my God, I can do this. Oh my days. Oh my. And then like having the ideas flood in and be like, oh my God, I'm going to do this. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Oh, I'm going to make, and because I can do Photoshop, I can make posters, I can do. So my, even my Instagram game was a little bit higher than most people's because there was things I could do. I could literally yeah. make, get material, make an outfit, shoot myself, post it, add a title, add, do you know what I mean? Like, and be like, boom, I did all of that. And people were just like, what, what do you mean? Like, and that's because of all the things that I did in prior that led me to be able to do those things and yeah. then offer that as a service to other people as well. So that's kind of where KBD, yeah, that's kind of. That is people. like uh, an incredible, you know, journey and story. And mm. it, it, like I said, like, well, like you said, it doesn't feel random. 
Mm. It just feels like, feels like this is like your training and your development mm. to being, you know, the creative that you are. Um, many people would think, oh, she's supposed to have a traditional route, maybe mm. go uni, maybe study design, maybe study mm. art or do something and have that. But this was like more or less, look, I'm just trying stuff yeah. and I'm making all the mistakes I can right now because right. in the end, you know, I'm going to be great at this. So yeah. that's like, you know, sick and amazing to hear in regards to that story because I don't think you've broken it down like that to me um, <laughs> I don't think I've broken that to anyone to yeah so it's, it's like it's sick to hear um so from designer or whilst designing you know you went through the whole skate world um mm-hmm. in them quad skates which I hate because I don't I don't know how to use them <laughs> but um you went for the quad skates um yeah. and what I say I'm just guessing this is just me doing the guess this mm-hmm. route now leads you into Ishkachor yeah oh wow yeah okay so yeah so i was skating mm. and i uh linked up with smurf shout out to ty yeah. and um we funny enough like we knew you kind of like you know when you got like like ends like people in your ends you kind of know people in your area yeah. and um i knew of ty aka smurf i knew of him but we'd never met but i knew who he was mm. and he ran a, a roller skating event and i was like yeah i want to like was in motion, correct? Yeah, wheels in motion, yeah. So yeah. I could, I was like, I really want to get in there because I know that I can customise roller skates, but I'm not in the scene like that. I wasn't in the scene like that as yet. So um, I tagged, funny enough, we were friends on Facebook, don't understand how, but again, life. Yeah. Um, so I tagged him in a couple of things and then he was like, oh, my days is sick, blah, blah, blah. And then he kind of like, we had a meeting about me joining uh, Rules in Motion. SSC was the name of the company. Hmm. Supreme Skaters Elite. Um, me joining the team as a, as a customizer, as a skate customizer. So again, they, they could offer us an extra service, which is really good, smart business thinking. And um, yeah, so we connected. I joined SSC and then became a member of um, people that running Rules in Motion. So we did that on a Thursday, which was dope. Um, and yeah, from that, um, I guess me and Ty used to like hang out because he's kind of like, he does like graphics and stuff like that. He's quite creative as well. Actually, yeah. he's very creative. So um, we would have conversations about things that I'm, I couldn't with other people. And then he, w- I, we'd have ideas and we'd be like, yeah, yeah, oh my days, oh my days, like, like we do. And then I was like chilling with him like a lot. Like we literally became like co-Ds, like proper chilling all the time. Mm. So things he would go to, events he would go to, he'd kind of like bring me along and like, oh, this is my, my Cody. Like this is like, you know what I mean? introduced me to people and then uh he knew reggie i don't know how he knew reggie but he knew reggie i think um, he knew reg um, from well this is how we <laughs> came to part yeah. so um reg and lionel when i joined uh my ish and whole ish couture side of things mm. um lionel was like doing he was he was an intern at universal music oh. with reg um at the time so he used to be doing some intern bits there and then I think they were working the party circuit as well. Yeah. And then and Smurf, their best like friends. Best friends, yeah. Um, so I think, you know, they were all around that whole entire circuit. Mm. Um, and then that's how everybody kind of connected the dots connected. from there. Yeah. Yeah. So then I guess I got brought into that circle. Yeah. Because I already knew Lionel. I already knew, like, obviously Ty. Because if you know Ty, you know Lionel. You can't know one without the other. Mm. Um, so then, yeah, he was like... I think Reggie was looking, I can't remember what Reggie was looking for, but he was looking for a designer for something. Yeah. I don't know what it was for. Well, for everybody out there, because we're talking with no context. Yeah, <laughs> right. Right. Oh, right. Sorry. Ishka Choi is um, a brand that 
myself and Tori, um, Reg, Smurf, all, um, I say co-owned together? Yeah, we co-owned it. um, And we were literally, we built um, three amazing commercials. Mm. um, They're all on YouTube. um, um, But what um, Reg was discussing with me at the time was he's looking for uh, designers to run their own brand through Ish Couture. Oh, yeah. So essentially we were, what we were doing was we would be the base. So it'd be like Ish Couture, but you know, like Nike, they have their Nike basketball, Nike pro, yeah, Nike fitness. Yeah, yeah. We were essentially looking for designers to lead that. Essentially what Nike are doing now for like, I'm just naming names. You may not know him like Ronnie Feig, who does um, stuff with Kif. So it'll be Kif and Nike. Um, Jerry oh, Lorenzo yeah, yeah, will be doing stuff with um, Nike. You know, you had the whole Kanye thing, Air Jordan. Yeah. Um, so it's like stuff like that. Um, mm. We were looking to go down that route in terms of working with uh, designer, um, whether it be cut and sew or, you know, on a graphic basis as well. But we were giving them the base T-shirt, yeah. varsity jacket, sweater, yeah. hoodie, and then letting them lead from there. So that, that's yeah. where we sourced Tory out yeah and then and also for preference uh ish couture is from my ish mm-hmm. which is obviously a music yes uh, yeah label like who, company brand kind of thing yeah so they're like yeah. um yeah again i used to wear for my ish um <laughs> so we basically used to look after the likes of Deneo incisive mm. um julia marley princess Nia troy hudson and the whole ethos was to um, brand, brand, uh, what's Reggie's word? <laughs> I'm trying to remember what he used to say. Um, I literally forgot it slipped my head. But basically, b- profile build, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Profile Reggie, build. Used to, Reggie always used to emphasize, we've got profile build. These artists build them um, from point A to point B. And mm. they can do whatever after. Because, you know, mm. he's really like, you know, um, pushing the artists to the highest degree. Yeah. Um. So our our goal was to profile build all the acts, um, music videos, photo shoots, brand deals, mm-hmm. um, many things. You know, what I mean, and Ish Couture was, uh, you know, our baby essentially because you know, obviously, he was you know head myish and everything like that music side. Um. But you know, he gave us an opportunity to own a company and actually build something out. Um. At that time. Yeah. It was dope as well, man. Oh, very dope. I'm literally yeah. thinking about it all now. It's like, right, we yeah. should do all that stuff. You know? As we're talking about, I know, like, oh, man, I totally forgot we did that. Like, we proper did that. Like, I totally forgot. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I was brought on as someone that was going to work with Ish Couture. I, I, I guess, e.g. Ish Couture X KBD, I guess mm. it would have been. But then Reggie was like, no, man, <laughs> she does too much. She's like, no, it's so much more than that. I think we had a conversation and yeah. he was like, what do you do? What do you do? What else do you do? Like, what? How did it start? And I was kind of like, I guess, similar to this. Yeah. Um, and he was like, no, okay. He's like, okay, what you do is dope, yeah. But <laughs> but I think, like, you could be, like, on the team. And I was just like, um, okay. Don't know what that meant. But I was like, okay. And then, um, yeah, it was kind of, I kind of just got brought on the team rather than being... Um, working with the the brand as in like together it was like you're working on like you're going to be working on the brand with us which I was like yeah I'm down yeah it was sick and I think um Mm. it was much needed energy Mm. um because you know it was male dominated in that office oh yeah um so you know bringing you on board actually it wasn't we had Patrice Patrice as well was there yeah um 
but you know bringing you on and then we had the fashion show to deal with yeah and then the the commercials that we shot as well yeah from your perspective tell us your experience <laughs> through with, with the, that with the fashion show and you know the the whole production of the shoot as well which is amazing for me as this experience i'm literally thinking about it all now it's like right we actually did high level production in that space and I, I i'm probably underplaying it you know what i mean but once you see the visuals you'll know okay they went in do you know what i mean yeah. we didn't we didn't shoot i don't think we shot anything normal no. to me that don't feel like it was normal that felt feels high end no. to me and it wasn't it wasn't a beginning type thing. It felt like we've been doing this for like years. Hmm. Like when you watch it, just like yeah, they've been doing this. They've been doing this for years, and it was like, no, nah, this is our first. This is your first video. This is your launch. Like what? Yeah, it was yeah. kind of like what the hell kind of thing. Um, yeah, I need to shout out like obviously Virgin the contacts he brought on as well because it wasn't just yeah. like just us. Like it was definitely like you know like like led by Reggie, but we kind of added our. Do you know what I mean? Our yeah our elements, our skills, our expertise onto it. He was like, you know, this is what we're going to do. And it was kind of just like, you guys do it the way you would do it kind of thing. And yeah. I thought that that was amazing as well. Being able to, um, thinking about it now, it's probably like the best thing ever. Like someone yeah, giving you like a base and then yeah. being like, this is the ideal. This is what we want to do. Yeah, this is great. Okay. How would you do this? Mm. And then being like, okay, you, now you do it. it. You got to look, sorry to cut you. You got to look at it like this, like who's giving us amateurs yeah, <laughs> like yeah this opportunity to look i want you guys to shoot uh, figure out how we're going to shoot this commercial i want you guys have to figure out how we're going to do some socials it's yeah. like okay cool and i think we we just I, that we didn't even doubt ourselves at that, all that's what's so sick about me. that's what i'm thinking about now that was so sick we didn't even doubt ourselves we literally just shot this video and be like yeah boom we're doing this this is the mm. music we're using these mm. are the storyboards that we have mm. um yeah, and you know, also shout out to the production team, their moon runners as well at the time. Yes, yeah, um, you know, and all the people who um participated in it. But mm-hmm. I'm literally reminiscing now, thinking heavy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually repost that whole entire thing. Bam, I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> I was like, I need to repost this, I need yeah, to post this, I need to like post it. so Definitely. many things we did. I think even with the fashion show, which was, I guess, more solely us, we yeah. had more of a creative like feel, like what everyone wanted to do was like do it, make it work um kind of thing and um for me i feel like the video and th- that kind of stuff was i don't want to say overwhelming because that's probably the wrong word but it felt like very big it was big it was extremely yeah. big like it it was huge um and i think being able to have the like uh confidence that we had was i guess unthought of especially knowing that we i'd never done that of that before mm. not on that scale ever mm. so um having that confidence but actually having a team around you that were kind of like everyone was the same, even though we weren't the same, mm. like you were treated the same. Like, what do you think? Okay. What about this versus someone, someone's asking you that and they've had 10 years experience shooting yeah. and they're asking you like, what do you think? Do you know what I mean? Like, what's your take on this? Like, how does this look to you? Like when you say this, what do you know what I mean? And having a voice just as important as other people, I think was very, very, very important to mm. that whole process. Um, nah, man, we got to applaud ourselves. I'm literally deep fully. in it really loud because I'm looking at like, because <laughs> you know the stuff we're seeing on Instagram now, like even yeah. like ads from Nike or any yeah. of these brands, I'm thinking yeah. we executed something very yeah. well. We yeah. shot it very well. Yeah. And I think we had supreme confidence on it. And, you know, I got to give big love 
you know, to Reg yeah. for installing that in us. You know, what I mean, 100. I know he's listening. Shout out, Reg, <laughs> when he's <laughs> listening to this. Um, but I know he um, he installed big confidence in us mm. just to do it. Because nine times, I'm thinking, did he really intervene on shoot day for us to do anything? He was there. Yeah, you mentioned a few things, but it was me. I was literally running around our yeah, you and, around around. and which you know, you know, salute to him for allowing us to. To do, that. do that you know what yeah. i mean um and i think we need to we need to celebrate that hard you know what i mean 100. that was 100. that was a, a, a sick moment you know what i mean and yeah. anybody listening now and um, search ish Couture, um clothing and you'll definitely see those free ads that we yeah on youtube on you search it on I youtube mean. will come up so like yeah we did we did some things you know I mean? some stuff, man. and i also yeah. think that's what has allowed us to be great in our entities that we are in now yeah like having that confidence and knowing like oh rah we did that or like i did that like you know with the help of whoever but my mm. my my input was just as important as someone else's do you know what yeah. i mean and my viewpoint as well was just important as in like where you've come from in life mm. and having the viewpoints you have and being like yeah that makes sense kind of thing because mm. as you're saying it yeah reggie was there yeah. and he definitely had a presence because reggie has a presence anyway even if he's just standing there just saying nothing he has mm. very has like a very much has a presence but yeah, there was very minimal times. He'd be like, yeah, just do it. Yeah. He'd be like, oh, Reggie, what do you think? He's like, yeah, just do it. Like, does it make sense? Yeah, just do it. And it was like, yeah, man. It was like, it was almost like, how can I say it? Like, you, your, your dad's teaching you to how to ride a bike mm. and he takes off the training wheels. And he's like, just, just, just ride. Like, you can do yeah. it. You yeah. can. Promise, I promise you, you can. And you're like, oh, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, man, just, just pedal. Mm. And then you're pedaling. And before you know it, you're like, ah, oh, I'm like doing this. And you're just yeah. off. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it kind of was like that, like giving us the confidence to be like, yeah, you can. Like, yeah, that makes sense. You know what yeah. I mean? Checking in every note so often, but being like, yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, do it. That, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and, um, big up Reg, man. Like, yeah, shout to Reggie, man, 100%. Like, you know, important, an important person, you know, mm. in my life in terms of, you know, learning and actually mm. just doing stuff. And, you know, some of his words definitely still ring today. You know 100. what I mean? It's always like, you know, maintain the image of success at all times. Um, you know, just be about it in every in every step of the way and in every room so mm. salute to reg so <laughs> it's like it's like because it's like our timelines start to connect yeah from Ishkachor. yeah and then it was literally i was four years in uh mayish uh-huh. and i and i was like just at the stage of just i need something different and i think that was going to happen anyway um for me but I think I just you know hit my point um you know working with Mayesh and I just said you know I need to create something yeah. um I created I created various things it was social architects for a time being yeah. yeah um and then you know I just started being obsessed with like art on Instagram mm. um and then uh I said let me do an event mm. you was newly doing photography yeah, then. I was, I think at the point when you started Social Architects and you wanted to do events, I think yeah. I was um, maybe like a year in, but I hadn't done anything for like major for other people. Yeah. Like I'd done a, a few like dance shows here and there. And again, because I was a dancer and people knew I was a dancer, like, oh yeah, totally, she's good, she could do it kind of thing. And also that also what's made me good at doing dance photography because I was a dancer, I could yeah. preempt things that were about to happen. Like someone was about to flip, I kind of knew because you, you dance or you're a choreographer, you have a set, you kind of know these kind of like cue points. So I was really good at that, but mm-hmm. I've never done anything outside of like my shooting myself. 
yeah. and shooting like people that I knew, like dancers or like friends or stuff. Even though it was paid work, yeah. I never did anything outside of like my own, like my own like community, if you like. Yeah. So yeah, no, definitely. Um, it was me understanding that okay, cool. I need to use the people around me because mm. one, it's a new, a new, a new event, a new concept. I didn't know any photographers mm. then, and I was just like, Tori, you want to shoot? Um, mm-hmm. And you know that, you know, kind of. I, I don't want to say it started your journey because I, I never want to take credit for anybody's thing. I, it's, but, it's funny because my journey started when I, when you asked me, okay, to shoot for when you like, okay, my photography career in, in regards to events. That's the same regards to events. Yeah, in regards to events, you know, yeah. I would say you know it was it was the starting point. Yeah, um, and you know you've you know you've been with us for years and. Mm captured some iconic images and imagery mm. um from the event so you know mm. how is your trans full transition now from artist um <laughs> skater sometimes still skates <laughs> yeah. um the designer and brand owner and now you know into photography i feel like like i said photography was always there i think as i've said prior it's kind of just evolved as i've evolved Mm. So the things I was shooting before, like I said, was was clothes and stuff because that's what I was doing. Do you know what I mean? And then yeah. um, going to like uh, doing dance events because I knew dancers, you know. And then funny enough, my first ever event, like live event outside was, um, oh, I want to say Grey Wolf or something. What was Thingy's thing? Why does it sound so Grey Wolf? Who was Grey Wolf? No, it wasn't Grey Wolf. That's not the right word. That's not the right thing. But it was... Um, Oh my god, what's her name? Alex Planet Alex. Who does she oh, work Alex. with? What's his name? Oh, uh, Acoustic Afternoon. Uh, yes, that was yeah, my acoustic first. Li- acoustic Live, Box Box. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying Grey Wolf. I think that was the name of the brand or something. I can't yeah, it was the name of, I think Grey Wolf was like their whole agency at the time oh, or something like right. that. Like something, yeah. Right. So I did work with them for a little bit. I think I did like three or four events for them. Um, I did them for free because I was like, I've never done events before. And then after doing that, I think that's like shortly after is when you started your events yeah i did your i started shooting your events and that's when i was building my photography team my all-female photography team we called we were called kbd picks yeah. oh yeah kbd picks oh yeah, to the team <laughs> yeah so that's when i felt like oh, i need to, i can build a team of like female photographers and like because i've also noticed that when i did events because i started doing your events i started doing other events i was doing like things here and there and um yeah, I noticed that there weren't a lot of female photographers. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, I need to, I need to build a female, a female photography team because I feel like in these spaces, I'm the only female um, or sometimes one of the only female. And a lot of the time, if there was another female, she wasn't black. It was like mm-hmm. another white, you know, woman or someone mm-hmm. um, with some huge camera, with some huge, like super intimidating, like what the heck is this kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I, and I, and Yes, it was really interesting because even like building that team, I learned a lot of things. Again, it's just an evolution of what I was doing. I was here, yeah. I was like, I'm doing photography, I love doing events. Mm, not like, I don't love, love it, but like, yeah, I love capturing moments. I love capturing moments, is what I love about photography, like capturing moments. Yeah. So I love that element of shooting events and um, I'm very trigger happy. I still am. I shoot like a million pictures. Then I'm like, oh, because I've got to make sure I get the right one, you know, kind of thing. And then also the fact that I, um had friends or have friends that were singers 
Mm. And I shot them. It also allowed me to shoot things that people wouldn't shoot because I'd understand what it is to be a singer, you know, being with my friends. And like, I was a point when I went on tour with Dion and um, Dion Reed, and I got to know like certain things about singers and, you know, songs and how songs are. We don't really think about how things are kind of like structured. And, you know, there's like a high point of a song or like a key change. And, you know, that that's when the, you know, emotion changes. And so I was ready for those things. So yeah. when I shot Art Meets Music, I think, those things definitely helped me out. Like I would watch, you know, uh, be or be in, I don't know, performance that would be happening. I'm like, I know something's about to happen now. So then I'd rush to the front and like get yeah. take. I just know. I don't even know how I knew. I just knew that yeah, this is going to be a thing. You know what I mean? And then also wanted to capture like the 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 atmosphere. So often I'd be like at the front, like shooting, shooting, shooting. And then you something would happen, and then I turn around and shoot the crowd, and I turn back, and it's like doing all these like extra things because I'm super hyper aware of like what's happening and what's going on and how I feel when I'm listening to it and I'm not even listening to it without my camera. I'm like, oh my God, that was a note. Like, I'm like, oh my God, like I'm excited. And I'm like, I know people around me excited. I need to capture that. So it's yeah. kind of just like being aware of all those things and having all those things um, make me, embracing all those things to make me a great photographer like not forgetting that I'm shooting even though that was a dope note or that was a dope song or this is mad hypey like I'd be like ah I'd bubble for like two seconds and be like I need to shoot this because it's dope and I'm feeling it but I need to capture what I need to I know why I'm here I need to capture this kind of thing so having those kind of like moments um and embracing those moments and embracing the things I, I knew all the things I did in my prior life and the things people are around definitely helped me with like events and stuff. Um, but it's been a pleasure because I've met people and met artists and, you know, um, connected with people that I never would have connected with before and been like, wow, that was dope. Or like, oh, my days. And do you know what I mean? Having yeah. conversations with people just for the sake of, you know, and being like, oh, bruv, like, I wasn't at the front yet, but I caught your set and it was sick kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. just so you know, kind of thing. Like, oh, really? Like, yeah, I was like, yeah. You didn't see me vibe because I was shooting, but it was sick. Do you know what I mean? Oh. So, like, having those conversations was also important as well. No, yeah. that's sick. Um, and, you know, you know the mad journey of art mm-hmm. music mm-hmm. as a whole. And, you know, you've captured the best images um, possible for the event. So, from event photography, you mm-hmm. know, you started to do more... Should I say street shoots, street shoots, studio shoots and everything mm, like that? Um, yeah. How, um, talk about the transition, you know, what you wanted to expand more on. on so I think, journey. Uh, as most uh, multi-potentialites. <laughs> I'm going to mention that, uh, find more research, well, more re- research, more on that actually. Yeah, yeah, man, definitely Google mm. it. Like, I, 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 I advise everyone to google it google it um but yeah so um i didn't not i didn't want to be known for one thing in terms of photography world i knew i was more than one thing in the photography world like i knew i could shoot like i don't know like products i knew i could do like headshots i knew i could do like if someone's album cover or ep cover like i knew i had those things inside me and i had a desire to do those things um and I wasn't necessarily super vast. I like studio stuff only because I didn't really know about lighting. I only shot with natural light. Yeah. Um, or I did have like an external flash, but I hate flash. Like even to today, I still hate external flash. I feel like natural lighting is like the best thing ever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so what I did is, because originally I started photography way, 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 way before, funny enough, um, when I was 20... Hmm, 
maybe like 19, 20, can't remember. Um, and I worked for a woman called Hannah and she had a brand called Avit, Avit Clothing. Mm-hmm. And she had a studio, like a photography studio. She was like, oh, you can run it and use it whenever you want. And I was like, okay. I wasn't a photographer at that point. I took a couple pictures, did a couple things. A couple people used them for like the EP cover and like people that I knew. But I didn't really delve into it. I kind of just left it when I left like working with her. Yeah. So then coming back to it, it was kind of like it wasn't necessarily all the way new to me. I was like, I'll kind of understand it. But I didn't understand studio lighting. So I kind of reached out to her again and she had a studio and um, I started working there, I think. I did some stuff there. And I, I, in the beginning, I just hired the studio just to play around. Like, literally just to play around. I was like, I need a subject. So I'd be like, oh, do you want to shoot? Like, a free shoot? They'd be like, what, you want a free shoot? I was like, yeah. Just, so, just pre-warning, you may not like any of the pictures. They may not turn out right. I'm just, I just need someone to shoot kind of thing. Yeah. So I did that for a little while to kind of understand lighting. was dumped on, you know, YouTube. Love YouTube. University of YouTube. Great. To understand about lighting and stuff and then again because of my prior experience i picked up things quite quickly so it only took me a couple of months to kind of get into like shooting and lighting studio lighting yeah um and then i just started shooting people like oh can you do headshots yep i was like yep even i've never done it before i was like yep i know i can do it i can play around with lighting and kind of get it like even in an hour slot i can definitely get you know your five headshots i can definitely do that so, um, and I started um, to understand that I reverse engineer things, which I didn't know I did before. Mm. Um, so I would look at, mm. I used to like, go on. No, I say, yeah, break that down. Yeah. So I, in, in everything I ever did, I would learn the basis of something and then see something that I liked and then tried to figure out how they got there, like working backwards from the end result. And then that's how I would do whatever I wanted to do. But I didn't realize that's what I was doing when I saw things or when I wanted yeah. to like, try things. So when I started photography, I realized, well, actually, someone said, oh yeah, I was w- listen to something and they were like, oh, just reverse engineer it. Like start from where it is and break it down into layers and go backwards. I was like, oh my days, that's what I do. I actually do that. So when I saw a picture, for example, of, of like a portrait or something, I could figure out where the light sources were from because yeah. I learned about light. And so I'd be like, okay, that light was there. That light was there. Hmm, I think there's a third light here or that they use a ring light or they use it because I knew I see like, you know, things I did. So someone says to me, I want to do a headshot. And I'd be like, oh, can you send me an example of what you want? I still do that to today. Send mm. me an example of what you want. Cause then I can reverse engineer it and then give you what you want. Like yeah. with the same elements, but for you. So, um, yeah, people be like, headshots, send me an example. Like, yeah, boom, I could definitely do that. I understand how that works. And kind of just play around in the studio, tweak a little few things and then kind of get it. Mm. Um, majority of the time I'll get it like first, second, third try. I'll be having it, I'll be like, yeah, boom, now I know how to do it for the next time quicker. So, um, yeah, I kind, of, I kind of did that. Went into studio work, started doing um, headshots, which were cool. But I was, again, I'm a creative. I like to do things with like colours and stuff. So I started um, shooting people's headshots, but then saving the last 10 minutes or so to do something fun with color. Yeah. And 90% of the time they use the ones that I shot at the end. Cause I wanted to get them for my portfolio. Like I was like, I've got what you want. Now I'm going to get what I want. And maybe you might like it. And nine times out of 10, they end up using the, the one that I, I use because I want to get to know them. I'd make them laugh, have conversations and I'll just shoot like more natural rather than staged, which I prefer. Um, and yeah, so then that went into that. And then I went into, yeah, um, wanted to shoot stuff outside because studio got quite static for me. Yeah, and um, this is what led to like the smoke. Yeah, smoke bomb shots, shoot, smoke yes. grenade stuff. Yeah, smoke, so, my word, smoke grenade shots. Yeah, 
yeah so I was like I really want to do color stuff outside I really want to shoot like motion stuff again being a dancer being a skater I'm like I want to shoot people that's like in motion I think that stuff is really cool and then especially like Nike being like a a brand that I really like loved their like branding their visual branding I flipping love it Mm. so I was like I want to shoot stuff that's in motion like seeing like runners or like whatever like athletes is like oh this is dope I want to do this Mm. so now I kind of went into that and then I saw a guy on Pinterest funny enough I can't remember his name I really should remember his name it's really bad um but I think he's from like I don't know. He's not British or English or American. He's not like English speaking, if I remember correctly. Hmm. And he had a big skull on his head and he had smoke coming out of like, Um, yeah, he's so known. I think he's from Latin America. Yeah. Um, But he, he literally builds these, um, he'll he'll build like a whole stick, but then he'll put Mm. the smoke grenades on them. Yeah. 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 He's amazing. He's the first person I saw doing smoke grenade stuff. And I didn't know who he was at the time. Well, I just speak, one I'm going to find him so they can search. Can, yeah, can. they can search him. Yeah. But um, he was the first picture I saw and um, he had a big skull on his head and he had like all this smoke coming around him. It was all different colours and I was like, what the heck is this? Like yeah. I'd seen like, you know, like gender stuff or, or a girl like jumping with it and I just thought, nah, what's he using? And you know, on Pinterest, you click on one thing and you kind of go and it takes you into like a wormhole of all these things. And I was like, oh my days. Then I found out smoke grenades, like smoke grenades, need to get that, need to try that. Then I kind of Googled uh, smoke grenade um, shots and it was again, like not, he was the only one that was doing stuff that was like, like super like incredible um, and he's made a whole brand for himself, like just yeah. do, literally solely doing that, like literally. Um, and I did, which I didn't realize, I didn't find out until maybe like a couple of years later. But I kind of like had that in my mind and was like, cool, but um, didn't know who he was. I only found him on, um, in, I only found him on um, Instagram maybe like a couple of years ago because someone tagged me something and I was like, oh my God, this is the guy, this yeah. is the guy, kind of thing. And I was like, yeah, he's sick um and yeah so when i even when i google smoke grenade photography or like how butch, to watch locks in watch locks in yep yeah he's locks in he's a madman that's what i'm saying yeah he's, he's a flipping man. g man like literally so um yeah it, that was the kind of image that stuck in my head i didn't save it funnel from pinterest which is kind of a good thing so it means i would i didn't obsess over him mm. i kind of just had the idea in my head and just wanted to do it my own way and um, yeah, and then I started trialing with smoke grenades, um, buying them, finding out where to buy them. But there wasn't a lot of like, um, at the time when I started, which I think was 2016, if I remember correctly, yeah. he, um, he was the only one doing it. There wasn't a lot of things. Everyone was kind of like amateur with it, kind of just like basic with it, not in a bad way, but like very, not really super creative with it. Yeah. So I was like, all right, cool. This is going to be my thing then. Since no one's really doing it, like he's doing it, but he's doing it completely different to how I'm doing it. I'm going to do it. So um I kind of just went with that and it was, it took, uh, I would say it took like two, two years or almost two years. Um, I think I started six, seventeen. Yeah. Maybe like a year and a half to two years for me to really like, like understand it. Like I, I wouldn't say I waste a lot of money, but a lot of money went into like buying grenades, trying grenades, grenades failing, freaking about like wind speeds and rain and yeah. all this kind of stuff. Like, which I think most people, probably wouldn't have done but you know being me being me I'm super obsessed I'm like nah I know the images I have in my head I know I can get them kind yeah. of thing and then just literally just being like to my friends hey you want to smoke grenade shoot I really want to do a shoot do you want, can you help me out and like going to people that I knew I could shoot I've shot before that would look good on camera either way 
making sure I get them the shots that they wanted, like as well, like an exchange, and then making sure I got what I want as well. So it was a, a fair exchange all round, which I'm all for, like definitely about like, if someone's going to help you out with something, like what do you want? Like what shots do you want? Let me get those as well. So we both kind of benefit from this. Um, so yeah, I started doing that. And then, yeah, just kind of guess, known for my smoke grenade photography which i i'm known for i guess it could definitely still build and be known like more for but def i'm definitely known for that i would say like in like the uk if anyone knows the uk i'd be like oh yeah like they got to go the smoke yeah 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 and everyone wants to try it and everyone wants to do it for no reason at all which is great for me i'm like yeah let's shoot man like let's do it um but it's not as easy as it looks which i always tell people like people yeah, always it, it's, it, there's like a technique to it even mm. like scrolling through his instagram i'm like i don't know at what point will i get the right shot like how do you do yeah oh you, you just crack it open and just start yeah. shooting all over the gaff um which is what nice and it's 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 literally sick mm. um this whole because I wanted to do a smoke grenade shoot, but I'm just saying, nah, <laughs> not for now. Do you know, but there's loads of concepts that you can do and do it, yeah, it visually. You know, that will make it look amazing. Yeah. So, Definitely. I'm you've done so many things, and I'm trying to think. Okay, cool. What should I pinpoint next? Because now you've um, obviously rebranded. Um, yeah. You know, went from KBD to KBD Picks, now Tory mm. Lens. Mm. Um, you, do I want to talk about the platform first? Let's talk about the platform first. Um, you know, and then, you know, we can start, you know, doing some dives on some other bits. Mm-hmm. But um, haircuts, mm-hmm. your latest endeavor. Um, <laughs> endeavor, you know what I mean? And, you know, this, it's still in the realms of creativity, but also you put some purpose behind it. Mm. And one thing, you know, I've been talking to a lot of the artists about is, you know, uh, telling their stories through their work. Mm. Um, You've built a platform where uh, women, um, specifically black women can talk about their journeys of why I shaved my head. Mm. Um, You know, nine times out of 10, you know, the typical thing maybe us males would think, oh, she's crazy, man. She shaved her head or <laughs> bad breakup or she's lesbian. Like yeah. those are the three things that will pop in there. But some people just yep. like, I just wanted to look different. I wanted mm. to shave my head and do a design. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So what made you, and that's on your journey as well, because you shaved your head one day and I was like, oh, what, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but what made you um, transition um, onto building a phenomenal page? So, um, haircuts, people will say haircuts, haircuts, H-E-R, cuts. Bad, haircuts. It's all right, haircuts. it's all right. Um, yeah, haircuts was created, um, funny enough, which I think was makes it different, because usually the things I do, do are out of my own frustration, mm-hmm. but there were frustrations that people voiced to me that were in my community of, like, black women with shaved hair. Mm. Um, I was constantly for like three years having conversations with people um, about women in particular, black women in particular, black women in London in particular, about the frustrations and the kind of like, uh, what's the word, the stigmas that come with being like a black woman with short hair, being a woman with short hair, then being a woman in London, like all these extra things, you know, all these all these sub subcontexts of like having shaved hair. Um, I 
we was having conversations over and over and over and over again. And I definitely am realizing how spiritual I am. And I'm very much spiritual. I'm very much believing like, not necessarily things happening for a reason, but like having a calling when things call you that it's like for a reason. So, um, being the person I am, I was having this conversation. And in one week I'd had five conversations with five different people. One of them being a woman I'd never met before. Um, in literally a two second conversation before she got on the bus mm. about, um, you know, oh my God, who cut your hair? It's amazing. I was like, yeah, I'll give him, oh my God, is it a barber? Is it a, like a barber? No, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go. Like she was like, your hair, she started with like, your hair is amazing. Oh my God, I need to get my hair cut. Where did you get it done? Like she was like, tell me, tell me. And I was like, oh yeah, okay, because I'll give you a number of my barber. She's like, oh, barber shop, like, a, like all the men. No, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. She goes, I'll take your number, but I'm not going to do it. And I was just like, what? Like, what do you mean? Like she was so determined to get it. And then when she was like, barber shop, she was like, no, 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 no it's okay. I won't do it. It's fine. Kind of thing. And I was like, what? And that was like the last conversation I'd had that week. And I was on my way to the barbershop, funny enough. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, wow. Okay. This is definitely a thing. And then when I stepped into the barbershop, there was a girl there training to be a barber. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. God, universe signs. I, I, I recognize them. Yeah. This is my sixth sign this week. Thank you. Okay. I'm going to start it. So I had a conversation with my friends that prior that week about um, one of my friends saying how she had um, been going to barber because we got our hair cut together when I was like 17. I've been cutting my hair for a long time, like the back of my head and all that kind of stuff for a long time. So it's not really new to me. I cut my hair off when I was in uh, year nine in school. I wasn't completely off, shaved it. I had a little like top with the little curls and whatever. Like it's just not really new to me, new to me. I think it's new to people that know me in this kind of like lifetime after like 25 up. They're kind of like, what? Um... But yeah, so I had a conversation with my friend who'd been going barber about the same time as me. And uh, we used to go together. And there's a barber that we kind of went to, um, barbershop, and um, wasn't necessarily the posit- the most positive experience. Um, but we kind of, it was cool because it was like heavily Nigerian, like people in that shop, in that store. So, and we were Nigerian. So you kind of know how to kind of deal with that. You kind of know like when to ignore things, when to address things, when to not, like things are going to cause a problem. So we were kind of used to that. Um, and then obviously I stopped going to her. I stopped going to barbers with her because I started growing my hair. Then when I cut my hair, I went to Ty's barber, Smurf. I went to his mm-hmm. barber. So I went to my barber. So his barber shop, my friend was working at his barber shop. So I went to his barber shop. Anyway, so she was telling me how um, the barber that she'd been with all this time basically started moving a bit mad. How he'd been trying to move to her, which again, that's a, a narrative that a lot of black women are going to know about mm-hmm. a barber trying to move to you, whatever, trying to do a madness. And even though you don't want to, and like really kind of using the fact that they're in their chair as an opportunity to kind of like really like try to go in and like get your number or whatever, which is again, very uncomfortable to be in that environment in the first place and having someone like in your ear and you actually really can't go anywhere. Um, which is kind of like, yeah, not necessarily a positive experience. Um, and not a lot of women or even people in general will know how to deal with that. So you kind of just say, I'm not going to go back again kind of thing. So, um, yeah, she was basically saying how the uh, barber that she'd moved to for a long time. Um, she went to get her hair cut. And at the time she was, like, I think, five or six months pregnant and he didn't know. So when she got there, he kind of was a bit moving, a bit mad. He kind of cut her hair. And then when she called him again, he kind of didn't answer. But she was saying how he was like, oh, like shocked that she was pregnant, like asking her questions and stuff. And I was like, what? Like, she'd been going to him for like years. And I was like, right, he was really that upset with you. That, like, he yeah. don't even answer that's, your calls no more. Mad. Like, 
literally didn't answer her calls. And whereas before, whenever she called, he'd be like, yeah, yeah, come to the shop, I'll come to the shop, I'll cut your hair. Like, was on it, like, on it. And then after, like, he just wasn't on it. She's like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know where to go. And I was like, oh, that's mad. She's like, it's so nuts. Like, like, as soon as I'm pregnant, like, you don't want to, like, what? It was so crazy. I was like, oh, so she had that. Then I was talking to my other friend who's, um, she's a lesbian. And she's saying that when she went to barbershop with her partner, she'd been at barbershop for ages and getting like the um an undercut, so it's like the sides and the back cut. And um when she went in with her girlfriend, it all went a bit pear shapes, like the people were moving mad, and she was in a, a predominantly Jamaican barbershop, so they were talking all like quite reckless mm. in there about certain things and gays and you know, what all that kind of stuff, and their, you know, their I guess their opinions and certain things. Um, close minded opinions, I say. And um, she was just frustrated. She was just like, it's mad. I've been doing it for time. And it's like, when they found out I was a lesbian, it was all like crazy. I was just like, oh my God. So all these kind of ideals that I guess like, not just the world, but like, I guess men in positions of, I want to say authority, maybe authority. I don't know if that's the right word, that put on women in those ideals. So it's kind of like, it's okay that you're getting your haircut as a black woman, as long as you, you stick in this box. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, and if you step out of that box, then it's not okay anymore kind of thing. So, um, yeah, it was kind of like, I felt people's frustration having this conversation. I was like, oh my God. So then when I had the conversation with that stranger, and then when I went to barbershop, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I've been saying it for like three years. I'm going to do it. I'm just going to start it. I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm just going to start it to see if it's proof of concept. I don't want people to know it's me because I want people to think like, oh, I wanted to put Tori's new thing. I wanted to make sure I had legs to stand on by itself. So um, I delved into that and then delving into it because it was a brand and I guess I didn't necessarily see myself as a brand at the time. I kind of approached it differently. I approached it as if it was, I was running a company, like a Mm -hmm. big brand. It it wasn't even myself. I'm running a company, running a brand. Um, The ethos behind it was, you know, elevating and supporting women with, celebrating women with short, black women with short and shaved heads and finding barbers that would cut their hair without the, extra narrative the extra negative narrative or you know those kind of things and um trying to find those barbers in london which is extremely hard even to today extremely hard and not because they're not out there or because i find a lot of barbers don't necessarily market themselves well which again another thing popped in my mind i was like oh my god i need to do marketing for barbers because you guys are not really doing like the thing like the people that come up are like mark you know it's had cuts and not to say that he's the only one he's amazing but because he market himself really, really well. When you yeah. search it, he comes up. Do you know what I mean? He's really dominating that whole like narrative of being like a black barber that's kind of like open-minded and really about, you know, life, you know, other things and family and marriage and all that kind of stuff. Um, but no one else really comes up because barbers aren't really looking that way. And I think a lot of people, when they start a business, they don't necessarily look, look that way. But anyway, um, yeah, I did that. So I did that for a year and a half. I think um, with nobody knowing it was me, um, I grew the platform. I had conversations with people um, that didn't know it was me. Um, I really made a point of like celebrating people and not just the women with the haircuts or the haircuts as I call them, but the barbers too, which I thought was lacking and still is lacking on the Instagram platform that you either see the barber tagged or not the girl or the girl tagged or not the woman or on their platform, they'd say, oh, barber cut by whoever and never tagged the woman or the woman saying, oh, my new haircut is great, but never tagged the barber. And it really frustrated me because I was like, this is amazing. Who's the woman? Or this is amazing. Who's the barber? Like it frustrated me. And I think as a photographer, as an artist, not being credited really grinds my gears. Mm. So 
and it had to make a point that when I start my platform, everybody's credited, including yeah. if it was a makeup artist, including if it was a stylist for the shoot, the photographer, everybody needs to be credited. Everybody needs to be given their just dessert because it wasn't just a one man thing. You know what I mean? It, it all came together to create that. So as much as the barbers got the skills, the woman sat in the chair and was like, yeah, do your thing. Or like, this is what I wanted. Do you know what I mean? It was like a two part effort. So um, yeah, I built that a year and a half. Um, um, within the first four to five months, I realized that it wasn't just people in London that felt this way. Yeah. It was like all over the world, which shocked me. Yeah. I, thought we, I thought like Americans were like, you know, like way ahead of us in terms of like their acceptance of it. There are a lot of Americans that are really like accepting of it because they're smart. You know, you have, these are your customers. You're going to have more customers, but there are also some that weren't or were pretending to be kind of thing. And so that kind of, now like it kind of started it being a UK thing to now being a worldwide thing, which was kind of just like, what the hell? Um, and then having, you know, looking for female barbers and finding female barbers in Nigeria, which I didn't even know existed. I was like, what? Those female barbers in Nigeria? What do you mean? Like, I don't even know a lot of female barbers down here, like black mm-hmm. female barbers, you know what I mean? That cut women's hair, like specifically. I, there's not a lot that I know down here. Do you know what I mean? Not a lot that are great. I'm not going to say they're not out there, but I haven't come across them in my three years of doing this. Um, so it was amazing to find like, you know, barbers in Ghana, like that were cutting women's hair, women in Ghana, women in Ghana going barbershop. I was like, what the heck? Like it was amazing. Yeah. So um, yeah, it became like a worldwide platform, although it is Hercuts UK, because it started in the UK, it ended up being like, it is now like worldwide. I talked to barbers in Brazil, barbers in like... Uh, Canada, like all over the place. So, um, yeah, it's been really like cool. the whole platform is just even like insane. You know, from the hair design, you know, from the stories, mm. you know, the people that you're, you're celebrating and empowering. Mm. You know, it's just it's just a clear message. And you know, some platforms, even like building the platform, or even building um, your platform as an artist, photographer, and anything, that clear message always needs to be in play um, for people to you know to buy into you before they yeah. buy into what you do 100 percent. that's what i say you know, they're saying that you know we run by a lot yeah. do you know what i mean mm. um i mean i'm happy that we've we managed to dive in through <laughs> a lot of the creative um stuff that you do yeah. and everything um i'll probably want to now turn it to um because you're very good at giving phenomenal advice mm-hmm um you've done talks you know you've you've been on you know major news news outlets you know even the standard and everything like that and spoke about your story Mm -hmm. um what how do how do people overcome okay let me just go direct to it because it's like artists now they they want to make it they want to go viral they Mm. want that life like they're so Mm. um frustrated yeah as to where they are and everything like that yeah what advice would you give them in terms of you know building and being patient and overcoming like what advice would you deliver to them um i would say well first of all building never stops i Mm. think we feel like when we get to a certain point we'll be happy or when we get to a certain point this will be this because we've seen something that someone's said or something that we've watched someone's journey and we think okay when I get to this whatever then you know this amount of followers I can do this and Mm. it's never as simple as that um 
I think even when you're watching someone's journey closely, even if they're related to you, you're never really going to know the ins and outs of what they've gone or what they're doing when you're not around, you know, what they're doing in their bedroom in the dark. You don't actually know the man hours they're putting into what they're doing. Mm. So you can never really look at someone and be like, yeah, I'm going to emulate that or I'm going to be as successful as them because you don't actually ever know unless they tell you even when they do tell you they might miss things because they don't even realize how important the little things they missed out is so i would say like never first of all never chase numbers like it's just because it will be a never-ending game Mm. you're gonna always okay i want to get to 10k followers for example (laughs) then you get there then you're like oh i want to get 20 you're like oh i want to get 50 oh i need to get 100k do you know what i mean it it Mm. never ends if you're one thing i'm sorry to cut you One thing I understood about, you know, this numbers game where I just, mm. well, nine times out of ten, I think it's bullshit. It um, is. It is. It's always impact. Mm-hmm. No, sorry. I, I, I literally wrote this down a couple of days ago. <laughs> Inf- influence over, over numbers. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. I think it's the, well, influence and impact. I, I did use both terms. Mm. So it's just the influence you, you truly have and the impact you truly have. Yeah. Because you know I mean? it's just like, some people are rocking around with these mad numbers, but it ain't doing nothing. it's the not shifting culture mm-hmm or shifting anything with it mm-hmm. so sometimes it's just a bunch of digits yeah literally just his numbers in your hand you know what i mean yeah. um and it's like when you start to truly impact those numbers and impact um the thing that you're building mm-hmm. then it becomes more phenomenal do you know what i mean 100%. And, and that's when you start to pay attention to um the content of everything yeah. that you're posting. Okay, cool. I want to inspire. I want to showcase this. I want to do this. I want to do that. Yeah. And the numbers then just, you don't, you just start to forget about it. Yeah. You, know I mean? you start to forget about it. And as you forget about it, that's funny enough. That's how you start even to grow quite yep. quicker. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I think so many people are predicated on the numbers yeah. and they sometimes just don't want to post. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. They get disgruntled. Oh, why is he on 10k or why is he on yeah eight or nine yeah. or whatever or 50 or whatever not the number is you know i mean mm. you get straight but you're just like but are you impacting the hundred yeah. people that you currently have or right. thousands you know what i mean but i can right. go on a tangent you know me already <laughs> no i definitely agree i feel like people if you aren't like you said if you aren't impacting the 100 why do you deserve 200 followers why do you deserve 300 followers you know what i mean and majority of the time which people people forget is most people that are getting these numbers or making an impact or whatever which i've realized which i realized from her cuts which kind of like shifted my my viewpoint was the fact that i wasn't doing anything other than what i set out to do I wanted to impact. I wanted to highlight these women that didn't, you know, I didn't care how many followers they had. I didn't care where they were in the world. I was like, yeah, that's dope. That looks dope. I'm going to put that out. Like, this is going to be inspiration for someone or someone would be like, actually, you know, this dark skin girl can rock yellow hair because people tell you you can't. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, actually you can. Or actually, yeah, black girl can have short hair patterns in the hair and still look like a, a woman and not like a child. Do you know what I mean? Or like a little boy, like all these kind of things, like a girl with a, with a, with a sharp shape up head doesn't look like a man. Do you know what I mean? Like all these little mm. things like that I would do. And because I'm highlighting those things and I'm not necessarily saying they're wrong or right, but like posing the question, do you know yeah. what I mean? Not saying it's right or wrong. I'm like, okay, so this woman not look like a, do you know what I mean? Like it doesn't mean that she looks like a boy or whatever. Posing these questions and having people think and, and talk and debate and having a safe space to do that. Um, people then told other people, 
Yeah. I have people all the time saying, oh, you used to follow this page. Oh, I need to like, oh my God, would you get this haircut? And it was like, I wasn't doing, I wasn't chasing anybody. I was just serving the people that I had there and serving a community that I felt like was unseen. And because of that, people were sharing. People were sharing my page to me. They didn't even know that was haircut. So people were sharing haircuts page to me. And I was like, okay, this, this I, I get it now. Like I fully get it. It's not a thing of like, I'm trying to get them out of followers because people will follow you and you, you get, you entice them or whatever. They follow you and you ain't do nothing. They don't unfollow you. We do that all the time. We all do that. We're like, oh, I ain't even saying nothing, man. And you unfollow them. So what's the point in getting it if you can't maintain it? Do you know what I mean? And it definitely goes down to like your ethos and like why you're doing what you're doing. If what you're doing, what you're doing is, you know, purpose impactful, even if it may see be seemingly selfish, um, then it doesn't really matter because what you do will appeal to your, your, your people, your, your tribe. Do you know mm. what I mean? It will appeal to those people. It won't appeal to everybody. And like you said, numbers don't mean anything. There are people that are making an impact with 2,000 followers, 1,000 followers. Do you know what I mean? 900 yeah. followers. They're making an impact. I follow people that I'm, I'm looking at and I'm like, bro, why do you only have 900 followers? You're dope. But yeah. I love your content and I always show your content. And I, it's only a matter of time before the rest of the world catches up. Do you know what I mean? And and people are just, I'm like, just do what you're doing. Like, don't ever watch numbers. And I feel like that is where people get tripped up. Yeah. You're watching numbers. You're, and remember that num, like numbers, like I said, they're just numbers. They're, they're, um, they're what's the word? They're, um, just, it can be manipulated. Yeah, sorry, cause it, they can like, be manipulated. All so, these numbers, like, they're just, uh, listen, we, we, we know the boosters. We know, we know. Yeah, exactly. Boosters, you know, we won't like heavily get into that because yeah. <laughs> we'll be on a rant ones. But, it's one of those ones in, and I definitely, you know, took inspiration um, from what you've done at, you know, with haircuts, haircuts, mm. haircuts, mm. haircuts, mm. <laughs> <laughs> what you've done with haircuts um, from what, and actually, yeah, from that on a social front, but even from the beginning of Art Meets Music, it's like, who knew these artists, you know, at the right. time, like right. these artists probably didn't have the thousands, they just said like maybe yeah. 200 hair or a right. thousand. But, you know, it was about believing in their talent and their work um, yeah. and say, look, you're dope, you're dope, you're dope. Let's do yeah. something. And that's, like, you know, traveled into, you know, the digital form now is just yeah. you know, connecting and talking to people via the podcast and be like, let's just have a conversation because I just think you're you're sick, you know, yeah. and it's like me, you, me learning all my skills over the years from branding, from marketing, mm. um, promotions, event organization, I'll be a fool to not you know give that service to these guys right. you know what i mean and help them out so right. um i think we're in a position where we, we're we're building things that are bigger than us yeah and we're allowing our skills to assist dope people yeah 100 percent. i think one thing that you said which kind of like sparked a thought in my head was like Numbers doesn't equal dopeness. Mm. Like you, you can be an incredible artist and have two followers on Instagram. You can, you know what I mean? Or you have 200 followers, let's say, for example, on Instagram. It doesn't make your, mean you're any less dope or you're any less talented. And also having one mil followers on Instagram don't mean that you're dope. Like it doesn't mean, it just means you have people that are following you for whatever reason we don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I would say like those people that are chasing, like, you know, I want to bust, I want to like go viral, um, it's not just that element and even the elements of going viral viral isn't just one element it isn't just like you made a video and people were like oh this is funny and it went like cool or this was cool or this was a dope song and it kind of went that way it's kind of like 
when that happens or if that does happen that usually happens because someone has a skill or you know they've worked a certain to a certain point like and you're like raw when you click on that person that went viral you see their past working out raw they've done bare work or they've been doing it for 10 years you know what yeah. i mean I, I i use um i use um what's his name jordan peel and as, as an example i was talking about him the other day um the director that everyone's like he came out of nowhere it's like no no no, no. <laughs> he's been doing this for 10 years plus 10 yeah. years that we 10 years that we've seen on um that we've seen on youtube but yeah. prior to that he was doing stuff it's just yeah. he didn't put it on youtube so this guy's been doing it for like 20 years he didn't come out of nowhere so when he shot to success if you like air quotes he was ready for it how many people are hoping for this viralness and not even ready when it comes yeah how many people and do you know that that how many people do, have you seen that they've gone viral and then they've gone they've disappeared because yeah, they weren't even ready yeah I've, I've listen i've seen a lot of that lately where it's just mm. everybody's chasing oh let me do something on trend mm. let me do something on trend mm. and that don't, that, don't, that don't even make you a trendsetter do you know what i mean and i think you know the reason why it takes so long for like, you know, your Jordan Peele's, um, Tyler Perry's, mm. um, you know, to name a few that I, that's just in my mind right now, it takes yeah. long because we're not willing to do the cliche shit. Right. You know, we're not willing to do the viral thing. We'll take our time because mm. we are the trendsetters. We are yeah. the people to be like, you know, I'm going to do something over there because that's different. Mm. I'm going to take it there because I don't want to chase the viral moment because mm. I know it won't serve me because I won't be right. ready for it. Because right. if, 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 um, if art meets music, if art meets music did a madness year one, mm. I would have collapsed yeah. throughout. You yeah. know what I mean? And it would have fallen flat. It would have fallen flat because I, I didn't, un- I still, even then I didn't understand the art game, um, yeah. how it worked or nothing. I, it was just cool. And I loved it. You right. know, now I'm equipped with more knowledge and, at the same time of doing um, uh, Army's music, I was working for labels, um, mm. media companies, um, doing social media freelancers and learning my skills. And now when I come back, which is here, I'm richly, literally fully ready for everything. Do you know what right. I mean? So, right. And you can definitely. orchestrate things the way you want to rather than the exactly. way someone else has done it because they've gone viral. And now the whole world is trying to on you like, oh, it's like... I've orchestrated this and I've planned this the way that I want to plan this. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And the people that have taken their time, it's like, you you know that it's not even just a thing of like, I don't want to chase a trend because some of them do chase a trend, but mm. they know they can sustain it because they've done things prior. They know that I can, I can do this over and over and over and over again. I know I can, you know what I mean? I can do this. And even if I do on the trend, I can, I can, I can, sw- I can swivel. Yeah. Some people don't know how to swivel. So they stay on trend and they, they feel like they're stuck. They're like, oh my God, I'm stuck in doing this thing now. Oh my God. And then you end up hating it. You end up being like, yeah. I'm trying to just do the same thing over and over again, stay on trend. And you're, you're now feeling like it's a job. I have to mm-hmm. know what's coming next and be like on it kind of thing. And you're just, you end up following like someone else's shadow, someone yeah. else's coattails, you're not actually creating your own thing or doing things the way you want to do it because you're so hungry for, for, for fame. But mm-hmm. also for like, you have to realize the people that you're that you're following as well, the people that you're looking at, because mm. a lot of people are, are feeding people like fake realities, mm-hmm. like re- like a lot. And I say a lot. I mean, like a lot of people are feeding fake realities. Some of them it's not intentional, because again, you understand people what you want them to see. So it's not necessarily you're doing it intentionally, but you don't necessarily want people to know your business. You're kind of just showing the highlights, which is fine. Yeah. But if people think that the highlights is your whole life then that's when people fall short and then it's like, oh, this person's going through this and this person's doing this and doing amazing things. And you're like, mm, actually, no, 
I don't need to tell you my whole life story, but it's not that kind of thing. And I feel like there is some sort of responsibility for people that are, are out there, um, you know, cultivating and like trendsetting and, you know, people are looking to, to kind of like give a reality check, not all the time, but every so often. So people can actually realize that actually life has ups and downs and fame has ups and downs and success has ups and downs. It's mm-hmm. not one straight thing. It's not like I'm going to get in here. I want to be successful and successful looks different to different people. There are people that I know that are like incredible directors that make P even someone I know is an incredible actor and he doesn't have that much people on that much Instagram followers. He doesn't, he doesn't mm. care about that. He cares about his art. He cares about his art form. He cares about what he's doing as an actor. He's only got it because they told him you need to get one. You need to have an online presence. So he's like, okay, cool. I got it. Got a couple thousand followers, but he's in like seven, 10, 11 movies, movies that have been in the cinema. You'd be like, Rot. and he's mad humble. It's just like numbers don't equate talent. Talent doesn't equate. Money. Who are you talking about, by the way? I'm just, I'm, I, I'm... Um, um oh my god that david david um ajala david ajala okay. yeah yeah so he's been in like a lot of movies a lot of stuff he's in like a um uh online series now that the superman series like he's in that like what do you mean like yeah. on freaking sky what do you mean he's in freaking movies i went to cinema a couple of years ago and i was like oh my god david what the heck i didn't know he was in this kind of thing like playing big roles big parts and david david ajala and his online presence isn't that big i think i think i know him um, and he's mad humble, man. Um, oh, he's on 11K now. Okay. but Sorry, I'm being nosy. because I need Yeah, to... he's on 11K followers now, but he wasn't for the longest time. Like I watched that series. David, how do you suppose to say him? Um, A-J-A-L-A. A-J-A-L-A. Yes. Yeah. The guy and he was, wasn't, the thing about was, it is... He was Manchester Black in uh, yes, Supergirl. Yes. Yeah, he's hard, he's hard. And he, he's only just like reached 11K as of recent, because a couple, like, couple months ago, he wasn't even on that. And I think it's only because, again, because he, because he's in like TV and stuff. But even look at his, his likes and stuff. Is like, because he just does what he wants. It's, even you look yeah. at his Instagram, it's not like all polished and he's just doing what he wants to do. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like there are people out there that are that are like that. You know, someone's like, oh my god, he's only on 11k and he's, you know what I mean? He's on doing all these things. It's like, yeah, because he doesn't care and it's not about the numbers. Like you said, it's about the impact. Like, what are you doing with when you're not on Instagram? Like, yeah, what are you he... doing when you're not on Instagram? Yeah, because he made a big impact. Even when I saw him on uh, Supergirl, um, his she was his acting was just sick. You know what I mean? Right. I like, yeah, she played this role damn good, and it didn't right. look amateur. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And if you meet him, he's like a mad, he's a mad cool guy. But um, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, dope guy. Um, I've never met him. I did see him in uh, Dark Knight Rises. I know he was in mm. Batman as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, now I was coming back and saying tours like. I think we need a part two. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need a part two at some this is point. It's a thing. It's a Because it's like we always have epic conversations. And no, you know, I think I've tried to narrow it down as much as possible to <laughs> get you to talk about that side because we haven't talked about, you know, the stuff that you're doing. You do teaching. You do, yeah. you got your own YouTube channel, everything, like all these things we haven't dived in. <laughs> so it does require a part two, um, which okay. I'm definitely going to do. Um, once I get through my list of artists to talk to. Um, But yeah, there'll be more conversations about that. And, you know, you you give phenomenal advice and everything like that. But again, thank you for taking the time because we know this could have been a three hour podcast. No, it literally could have. (laughs) I mean, so, yeah. um, But yeah. Those that don't know, me and Ade have like three hour conversations minimum. 
Yeah, that creative juices, once it's flowing, like we just go and just talk, do you know what I mean? And this is like how, you know, we pushed on Ishkachor, pushed on Mm. artist music, you know, and, you know, the the stuff that we do on a day to day. So it's just, you know, this is where when people say have creative people around you, um, this is conversations you will have with every creative person. They last three to four hours, you know, I've got some of my boys, I mean, as well. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, you have long conversations just talking about creativity and shit. Right. But yeah, tell everybody where to find you and everything like that. So uh, my personal Instagram is at JustOneTori, J-U-S-T, the number one, T-O-R-I. My photography and videography and creative directing Instagram is Tori Lens, T-O-R-I. if people know. <laughs> and for the time, Tori Lens is hard right now. And you're sure Tori Lens. Tori Lens, Tori Lens. Yeah, my friend actually called me that, like as a nickname. I was like, I'm using that anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tori dot Lens, T O R I dot L E N S, and then any haircut stuff will be haircuts UK, H E R C U T S U K. Perfect, T. Thank you so much. Thank you. Cool. We'll definitely holler. Bye. All right, take care.